All right, everyone. Hello, hello. Then welcome to Radio Maria. I, Helena, have got a little special for you with, well, a little special with a great, large, huge, humongous heart. This morning, I'd like to talk to you a bit about Keratos, specifically the good work Keratos is doing in the Diocese of Westminster. Now, I'm not going to do the talking because I don't really know much. But I've got someone that does. I've got Sister Silvana, Sister Silvana Della Negra, who is part of a lovely sisterhood that is a bit French. So I'm going to let her explain it. Welcome to the program, Sister Silvana. Hello. Thank you very much. That's a lovely welcome. And it's lovely to, to hear myself referred to as being part of a huge, humongous, whatever it was, heart. Because <laughs> my, my order, we are the religious of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Um, and our initials, you were asking me before, are um, religious of the Sacred Heart of Jesus in French, RSCJ. Uh, we've actually been in this country for 180, just just over 180 years. But, Wonderful. Um, but we're, we're international. We were founded in France. I love yeah. it. On Radio Maria, we keep learning about other orders and other groups. And it's just wonderful to know that there's a way that there's a group, a community that can utilize each individual's charisms and let those charisms really help bless and bring people to the love of Jesus through encounters. Is there a specific charism for the religious sisters of the Sacred Heart? Well, you've just said it. Oh. So, um, I mean, our charism is to glorify the heart of Jesus, to give glory to him through how we are and who we are, um, through uniting ourselves to him and to his desires and, and, and I suppose to his desires for, for the world and for people. And our mission is to discover and make known, and, and I use the word discover because you have to discover the love of the heart of Jesus, sometimes in very hard places, and to make this known. So you, you kind of encapsulated our, our charism. There, Helena, well done. Knowing it. <laughs> well done, Helena. Very good. Very good. Uh, one of the ways that you're bringing this heart, this love of Jesus, you specifically, Sister Silvana, is through the work of Caritas. Before we share some of the work you've been helping with, could you explain to some of our listeners that may not know, what is this fancy word, Caritas? What does that mean? Could you share with us what is Caritas and what are some of the works they do? Okay, well, Caritas um, is a Latin word. And it is one of the Latin words for love, not romantic love, but the love that is seen in action, the love that, that we show people through our kindness and our generosity and, and our care and concern. And Caritas was originally founded as a diocesan um, social action agency in 1897 in a diocese in Germany. And then what happened was other dioceses thought, oh, I like that idea. Yeah, we'll have one as well. And Caritas began to spread. And so now it's it's an international organization made up largely of diocesan and national Caritases. Um, and therefore has a different flavor wherever it may be. In some countries like Spain and Italy, it's very well embedded. And obviously in Germany, you know, it runs, it, it, you know, it's a major provider of social services, runs sort of all sorts of projects. You know, they have charity shops, things like that. In other countries like this one, it's a much newer concept. In, in this country, the bishops put 
initially put a lot of en energy and resources and so on into overseas aid through CAFOD, which is a cousin of ours. CAFOD is part of the Caritas family, but it, it works on overseas aid. And then it was Pope Benedict who really encouraged bishops in countries that didn't have Caritases and who sort of brought this subject up when he came to this country in 2010. You know, he was really encouraging countries have a Caritas, have an organisation that will coordinate and will harness and will encourage and, and will work with parishes and schools and so on um, in their outreach in how they bring the love and the welcome and the heart of, of God to people. So in 2012, Caritas Westminster started. And so around the country, there are different Caritases um, some of them very new, as we were saying earlier, Southwark have just launched theirs and they're having a special mass this weekend to, to confirm the launch of theirs. And in other, in other dioceses like Westminster and Salford, Caritas has been around for quite a long time and has been able to grow and develop the work it does and hopefully the effectiveness of the work it does. I'll pause for breath there. <laughs> Sister Sylvana, oh, um, let me make sure I say it right. Sylvana or Sylvana? Sylvana. Sylvana. But it's all right. I called you Helena, and you like to say Helena. Or... <laughs> That's all right, Sister Sylvana. We will have it correct. I will do it correctly. Uh, it's not only uh, the Catholic Church that has really taken on these Catholic teachings of supporting, feeding, and warming those that need it. The other people, uh, for instance, King Charles III has also taken notice of the great work done by Caritas Westminster, and he has recently visited the Felix Projects Depot in Poplar. Oh, did you get to meet the king? No, my colleague Minette did, and she got to shake hands with him. So um, I have shaken hands with the woman who has shaken hands with the king, you know, a bit like the dancing with the girl who danced with the Prince of Wales. So, <laughs> yes. So, yes, Minette um, is our East London development worker, and one of the projects that she works with is in Stoke Newington, and it's a Stokey community food shop. So um, people for a very small amount of money can can, you know, like four pounds a week or whatever, can walk away with 20 pounds worth of groceries and so on. And um, they had benefited from um, a fridge and freezer from the Felix Project, which is um, a charity that rescues surplus food from supermarkets and so on and distributes it to projects and, and um, community dining projects and, and food banks and so on. And so Minette was invited and she, you know, got to meet Sadiq Khan as well and the king and so on. So, so yes, we know that King Charles has been encouraging a lot of work. And you were mentioning about other organisations. I mean, there is an Anglican equivalent to Caritas in the Diocese of London, which is called Compassionate Communities. And so, and they do a great deal of work and we have worked with them, for example... Um, alongside work that they're doing with refugees and, and migrants and welcoming and, and so on. So, so we, do, we do work alongside other churches as well as supporting, but mainly supporting our own parishes and schools in, in their outreach. It is 
with many hands make light work and joyful work as well. Some of the joyful work that you've been able to support with is the warm spaces uh, and uh, different parishes that have opened up to help let those come in out of the cold. Have a cup of, have a hot cuppa or maybe a hot cup of soup. Could you tell us about these warm spaces and, and what you've seen happen in the parishes in the Diocese of Westminster? So for those people who who maybe haven't heard of the concept of warm spaces, it was it was an idea that began because of the cost of living crisis, because of the um, massive increase in um, fuel energy bills and people just being unable, unable to adequately heat their homes. So the idea that public spaces, uh, libraries, community centres and so on would open their doors at certain times and people could just go in, um, have a cup of tea, you know, read their book, children could do their homework, whatever. So while they were there, they were not at home, either losing money, you know, like you know, maybe unable to heat their homes properly or really kind of counting the pennies on their meter. And um, 21 of our parishes and three projects across the diocese that we're aware of, because Sometimes I've come across a warm space that I didn't know about in the diocese, so I'm saying 21 at the moment, um, have run a warm space, are still running a warm space. Um, and this has happened in different ways. Each one has its own character, and I could describe a few of them to you. But the idea is that at a certain time, they are open and people can come. They might They might be geared towards a particular group so for example there's one um, in White City in West London that has op is open on a Tuesday afternoon Tuesday afternoon and evening so it's mainly for families it kind of you know after school before bedtime kind of thing uh, but obviously people who don't have children are also welcome others might be open daytime and it's more likely to be pensioners who who would go there or people who are unemployed or who are disabled so each one has its own um, character. And if you want me to, I can describe a little bit about some of them to you and some of the lovely stuff that's been coming out of them. Do you want me to do that? Oh, Sister Savannah, <laughs> I would love you to. I'm taking notes. Our parish in East Anglia, we don't do exactly a warm spaces, but it is a Saturday morning welcome and do kind of a drop in. So I'm going to be taking notes. So, yes, mm -hmm. please do share some of the, what's been happening. So, as I said, a lot of them, it is just tea, coffee, refreshments. Um, with some of them, there's also been soup, sandwiches. A couple of the warm spaces are being run by the parish SVP. I'm thinking especially of Wood Green in North London and Chess, Chess Valley out in Hertfordshire. So the SVP have have kind of rallied round and they are the ones who are volunteer, you know, who are volunteering in other parishes. It, it's members of the parish who are volunteering. The one I mentioned in White City, they actually are working with the local authority. So that the local authority has kind of sent some sort of volunteers of their own, as it were, to, to supplement the numbers. But in, in quite a few parishes, and when you consider that a lot of parishes had lost volunteers, um, you know, because of the pandemic, people beginning to step forward to, to volunteer at, at warm spaces has been quite a Quite, quite something, just, just the fact that people have come forward to do that. Um, in Bow Parish, they 
they used to have well they had a lenten soup friday as it were and that lenten soup friday for bow lent started last november because they started having their their friday soup in last november so that was kind of their warm space you know um after after their midday mass people would would just be able to come in and have a have a soup in a lot of the places of course it, you know it isn't only for parishioners even though it might happen on the parish premises after mass the idea being that you know you advertise it through the local authority um you know you you encourage people to bring their friends and i think the loveliness that we have seen from the warm spaces has been the warmth that people are encountering not necessarily from the central heating the warmth they're encountering in terms of friendship welcome obviously um the you know the interaction so many people we, i think we just haven't realized just how damaging you know the isolation has been for people and and particularly because of the fear of contagion obviously very a very present fear because of um covid so for people to to begin again to be able to sort of have these spaces that they can go to where they can interact and the stories we get you know of of strangers you know who start playing cards with each other or start looking out for each other even you know um somebody with disabilities maybe you know there's somebody who keeps an eye on them who didn't meet who hadn't met them until a few weeks ago and just yeah just the kind of the camaraderie the friendship the people bringing their friends along you know come along with me you'll enjoy it here a couple of parishes already had community cafes um and so they've they've kind of extended them as it were and widened you know the very synodal thing about widening the space of your tent so they've kind of widened the space of their community cafe I think one thing that might surprise people is if they were to know that a lot of the warm spaces are in places that we think of as quite well off, relatively so. So the community cafe I'm thinking of is in the parish in Staines, out very in, out to the west of our diocese. Um, it's a very it's a very nice area, but there are people there who are lonely, and there are people there who have welcomed the opportunity to not have to heat their homes for a few hours. Um, you know, there are other warm spaces in places like Chelsea um, and, you know, and certainly in Hertfordshire and all across London. Um, I've just found it so heartening. Uh, I think to see this welcome, this warmth that, as I say, isn't just to do with the physical warmth, but to receiving and to hear the stories from the warm spaces about the friendships being made you know the in in St Albans a group of asylum seekers from a nearby hotel you know coming together to cook soup for the war you know at, at the warm space and sort of things like that I mean this is this is really the kingdom of God <laughs> you know? this is the great banquet that you know where everybody is invited and and it's and it's just been lovely you're absolutely, oh, I'm getting warm just hearing about it, <laughs> Sister Silvana. I know that in uh, Father Richard Nesbitt from White mm -hmm. City, he shared this story. He shared that last Tuesday, a local Syrian father was teaching his two young sons to play chess on one table, while a Ukrainian family were preparing a variety of pancake fillings with an Italian family on the next table while the parish priest was playing dominoes with a Muslim mother and daughter at another table. 
all to the joyful background noise of an ecstatic group of children aged five to eight playing their own version of football in the main part of the hall. There wasn't a mobile phone or other device in sight. Oh, I love that. This really is years, centuries ago, when that is what a parish was part of, was doing this community uh, outreach and being a space where communities would come together. Oh, I was just complimenting the good work again. As we're getting warmer... Is it going to be encouraged that the warm spaces maybe stay open and turn into what you described as as cafes? It, it's a possibility, certainly. Um, there, so I know Father Richard, for example, said to me that he's going to be asking and, and, and obviously asking the council as well, you know, to look at whether they would love to sort of continue it because obviously it, they haven't had the the coffee mornings for parishioners and things like that. So you know, they can just kind of adjust the timing perhaps so it's a little bit closer to mass and then it, it becomes a new sort of social outreach in the parish. So I think where possible, I mean, obviously the ones that are already community cafes will continue, but I think where, yeah, it, it could become a new thing for some parishes that they that they begin to to turn it into, even if it is just tea and coffee after mass and so on. I think the thing we have to look at, of course, is that um, the cost of living crisis isn't going to go away very quickly. Um, You're and... supposed to only give me good news, Sister Silvana. <laughs> what is well, this? Unfortunately, you know, the reason why these warm spaces exist, lovely though they are, is because of a cost of living crisis. Um, and I think warm spaces will not be a one winter wonder. So, no. you know, we need to look at how we can support and resource these spaces because there is a cost for parishes, obviously, they have to um, heat the premises. So we've been able to support them with, with small grants for that. Um, but, you know, we need to look sort of long term, unfortunately. You know, it's, it's, it's a lovely kind of redemption, as it were, that something so lovely has come out of what started off as a very harsh and brutal need and a very urgent need. Um, and I would hope that there will be more warm spaces next winter because I think they will still be needed. That is our so. prayer, definitely. And God makes great things out of all the different difficulties that we might be experiencing. Mm -hmm. I've got a question. So, so our listener, I know listener, you are hooked. You're thinking, ah, oh, I, I want to be a part of this. I, I, I've, I've got this. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to make some moves. Uh, I'm going to find my local Kertos. I'm going to talk to my parish priest. Uh, we're going to get this going. But I'd love to know, how did you get involved? Because I'm assuming, I'm, in my mind, you're off singing in the mountains with the rest of your sisters. Why Kertos and how did this come about? So, um, I mean, I work full time for Caritas. So, um, and why Caritas? Well, I suppose I was living in Oxford and I knew I would be returning to London so I, I needed to find work. And I think my whole sort of work trajectory has kind of been in, in sort of social action, in, in projects. I mean, I've worked in citizens' advice and, you know, and I've worked in homelessness. So when I was looking for work, I saw um, a role with Caritas that was, and I started with them six years ago uh, this month. And, and it just fitted I suppose my my experience, um, my my passions, and 
yeah, the fact that the Caritas logo is four hearts. You know, kind of, <laughs> I just, I just head for a heart. You know, I <laughs> Not love else, that. Heart, you know? I so, love that. so yes, yeah, so I applied for the job and and I started six years ago. Um, and I, I mean, I, I'm based. I live in West London, so I, I work Catholic social teaching programs. And then because I had worked for uh, Citizens Advice, when we were coming out of lockdowns and so on, and we were looking ahead. And we were looking at building up resilience in communities that had really sort of been devastated by sort of financially by the pandemic. So I took on being the lead for financial resilience, little knowing that, of course, a cost of living crisis awaited us. So I became the cost of living crisis lead. But, you know, I prefer the term financial resilience. Um, so I've also done work sort of training people from parishes, working with um, a financial inclusion manager who trained people in parishes to be money champions and to be able to sort of support and build up financial resilience in their in their local communities. And we're hoping to be able to repeat that as well. So it's kept me very busy. It's probably Definitely. responsible for your, your users can't see them, but I have quite a few grey hairs and... <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's kept me very busy, but it's also, it's really kind of, I think, fulfilling. And um, it brings me into contact with so many people who are just living that goodness and that kindness of, of God and of, you know, of, of what the love in action that Caritas speaks of. And that in itself is is wonderfully affirming and fulfilling. So, yeah, I'm enjoying it, even with all the grey hairs. Amen. Amen. <laughs> well, there you go. Listeners, we have so many different uh, religious on our radio. And I think uh, we have uh, we've had Sister Gemma Simmons, who is more mm -hmm. on the learning side, the educational side, the preaching side. And I and then we had Sister Rose, who was very much as part of becoming part of the order of preachers uh, with the Dominicans. We've got her. We've had Sister Lucy, uh, who has a charism of art, but also a Dominican. And now we have Sister Silvana, who is in the thick of serving others. I love it. I love it. I love in it. the heart. In the heart. <laughs> even better. In even better. <laughs> uh, can we, can you share with our listeners if they're interested or they want to know more or they want to volunteer, what's the website for them to go to? How can they get to be a part of this growing family of support in these communities? Well, if they're in Westminster, so, you know, we, we have our own website, caritaswestminster.org.uk, and it, there's a microsite caritasvs.org.uk which is the Caritas Volunteer Service and that is where people can be helped to, to volunteer whether it's in their parishes or to volunteer in, in for organisations, in projects, you know, whether it's a big charity or a little one so it, it advertises what charities are looking for. Obviously if they live outside of Westminster um, I would suggest that if they go to CSAN, S, sorry, CSAN, CSAN is the um, the umbrella organisation for um, all, all the sort of Catholic organisations, and they are CSAN.org.uk, and you can find all the member organisations of CSAN on there, so you can find your local Caritas, or you can just Google and see if you've got a Caritas Leeds or a Caritas 
um, Southwark now or whatever, but certainly CSAM will list them all and, and um, have links to websites and things like that. And, you know, don't be afraid to, to sort of ask, ask your parish priest or, you know, just do some Googling, ask a local project. Unfortunately, you know, food banks have been a major growth industry and there are lots out there of independent food banks as well. Lots of lots of opportunities for anybody who wants to uh, live that live that love in action in some way. And Lent is a good time to start because, of course, it's all part of almsgiving is that you can give your time and your talents and not just during Lent, but continue it afterwards as well. Amen. Can, Amen. <laughs> could, could I ask you, we, we've run out of time. Could I ask you to lead us in a prayer uh, for those that you serve, those that you support, and for all of our listeners to, to open their hearts to serving others? Okay. We have a prayer that we say at Caritas that is just, I'm now struggling to remember. It is very brief, though, so hopefully it will come back as... Come, Holy Spirit, come, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but... Perhaps we can pray it especially for all of us, for ourselves, for, for our, our hearts and our minds. Um, Heavenly Father, help me to see with your eyes, to judge with the loving heart of your Son, Jesus Christ, and through your Spirit, to put love into action. Amen. Amen. <laughs> 